as good as I once was That's just the cold hard truth <laughs> I still throw a few back Talk a little smack When I'm feeling bulletproof So don't double dog near me now Cause I'd have to call your bluff I'm as good once as I ever was May not be good as I once was But I'm as good once as I ever was I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the secret broadcast cave Home of the Phantom Radio Studio And the premier radio bowling talk show From Lake Wales, Florida Long ago, Bowling Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasting because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. Late Kegel owner John Davis told our friend Len Nicholson to start this program. John told Len, Len, people need to know what you know. So this PBA and Bowling Writer Hall of Famer got to work. He's now recorded nearly 1,300 shows and has featured nearly 450 guests since 2002, that's 22 years of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. So, Phantom fans, once again, your host and my old friend, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, for all of you listeners that often listen to radio, Phantom Radio, you can see that our opening this week is a little bit different. And it's a tribute to Toby Keith, who recently passed away. And to help us this week, by popular demand, is a great friend, a man who has done it all in our great sport. He's a Hall of Fame writer, and he continues to contribute to the sports history of bowling and entertainment with his almost daily Facebook historical pictures. He keeps us all up to date, and he won't let us forget the past. And I love that one part about him myself. But I mentioned pictures, so let's get our friend out here, Jim Goodwin. Hi, Jim, and welcome back to the show. Hello, Phantom. It's always great to be with you, no matter what. Well, I've had to catch up with a few other guests the last few weeks and haven't had you on, and I've missed you. And I came up with this new show idea for this particular week, and I'm pretty sure it's going to win some awards. But we've got several photos to tell our listeners about. So, Jim, first of all, how can our listeners get to see them Whenever they want. Uh, just uh, go to my Facebook, you know, my, put in my name, Jim Goodwin, G-O-O-D-W-I-N. And uh, and if that doesn't work, add the word bowling. I'm sure you'll you'll get it that way. And then uh, there's a couple of thousand photos to take a look at if they'd, uh, if they'd like to uh, spend some time looking at them. Yes, you do. I'll tell you what, I've been through there many, many times. And I, I want to pass along some of those pictures. Uh, this week. So if you don't mind, uh, we're going to start off. I don't want you to take too much time on each person, even though you could probably 
tell about a hundred thousand page story about each one of these guests because they're all friends. But uh, tell us about the picture that you have in there of Ted Hoffman with Susie Anthony. Oh, wow. Two great people. Susie Anthony, uh, one of the, as you know, one of the nicest people ever, Earl's uh, lovely wife. And, and, um, and then Ted Hoffman, um, legend in his own right, managed his, you know, Earl's bowling centers and uh, now works with, or did work with Susie before he passed away. He, we actually, um, you and I actually did the very last interview with Ted at Bowl Expo when we were, we were doing those interviews at the, on the trade show floor. So an unbelievable, um, two, uh, incredible people in, in bowling and, uh, we'll never forget Ted and, and we love Susie. Yeah. She's still around, but we still miss Ted. But, uh, the next one that I, I want to comment on is, is one with a very handsome Dick Porter, along with his beautiful wife, Jeannie Robinson, and he's wearing that fancy shirt. So just give us a quick one on that. Yeah, Dick Porter um, and Jeanette Robinson. Um, in fact, I put Jeanette. Jeanette's on uh, the Facebook uh, page today because we were promoting the 33rd annual uh, Jeanette Robinson International Golden Ladies Classic in uh, in Las Vegas at coming up in April. But um Dick Porter was, was Jeanette's husband. You know, they both passed away in recent years and we, we miss him uh, a lot. Uh, he was an amazing man. It was a television reporter for the uh, local NBC affiliate in Las Vegas for about 30 years. And, and that's how he met Jeanette was he was covering the bowling tournament at the showboat. And um, they met and years later, I think in 2000, they got married and, and they were, they were married up until uh, until both of them passed away in the last couple of years. But Dick was uh, he was incredible. He met he met every important person in sports mm-hmm. in Las Vegas over uh, all those years. And uh, and he never talked much about it. We didn't even we didn't even know about a lot of this stuff until he passed away. And they had his uh, service at the Veterans Cemetery there. So. Yeah. Great, great people. I met them both and loved them both. And uh, I got to tell you what, uh, I went through a few tears looking at all these pictures, my friend, because you've got all of them in there. And we're going to talk about a lot of them today. But before talking about the next one, just let me mention our new website with our Phantom Radio Junior Bowers Club. I want to thank Cagle uh, for putting it up on their site for us. Saved us a lot of money. Uh, Chris Chartrand, he said, go ahead. Uh, we want to promote the kids. And so if you haven't had a chance to go look at our website yet, go to kegel.net slash phantom G-R, J-R. So once again, thank Kegel for giving us that space. All right, the next one. It's a great picture with a his patented follow-through, and that was the great Don Johnson. Oh wow! Yeah, Don, that Don Johnson with that follow through that he had, and that uh, you know, I said in the uh, caption, I think, uh, or in the paragraph that I wrote about him, um, uh, he could spin the ball better than anybody ever in in bowling history, and and um, you know, was on the Columbia staff for many years and won twenty six titles, uh, 
um, amazing man. And after he got through winning titles in the PBA, he, uh, he moved to Las Vegas, became a, a great bowling coach. And, um, we, we loved him. I, I, my big, one of my biggest regrets is I never did an interview with him. We talked many times and, um, you know, my biggest memory is in 1995, we spent the day together in Reno at the, uh, at the world FIQ bowling championships. And, uh, we were, uh, watching the Taiwan, um, team or Chinese Taipei team that, uh, had all the, all the helicopter bowlers on it. And he was just fascinated with the spinners and, you know, the helicopter style. And, and he swore he was going to go back to Vegas and start teaching people to do that. So I don't know if he ever did that or not, but it was a, it was an incredible day. He kept jumping up out of his seat every time they'd, they'd make a strike. And they, they all averaged about 2.30 that day and, and won the world championship. Yeah. <laughs> they were something else. All right. Here's another one. Uh, it's a woman. She's highly underrated as far as I'm concerned. But I know that you knew her well. So give us a brief synopsis of Sylvia Broyles. Sylvia Broyles, uh, I guess uh, I would probably call her the first lady of bowling in the state of Texas, in the Texas bowling history. Um, she ran the Blue Bonnet Queens for many years, and she she got him, you know, from San Antonio. Uh, two legends from San Antonio, Joe Vito and Sylvia Broyles. And Sylvia uh, got involved in uh, WIBC uh, uh, politics, I guess you'd say, and and became an officer of that. and. And um, and did all of the work and everybody loved her. And she she actually uh, her distinction is that she was the last president of of the WIBC. And then it became USBC after that. So um, she was an incredible lady and everybody in Texas and everybody in the in the country just loved her to death. OK, here's one more that uh, brings a tear to my eye and I'm sure. Both of these people bring a tear to your eye. It's with John Davis and Susie Minshew. Susie's still active, and she came down to Kegel one time when uh, Kegels first started, and she says, I want to learn all I can. And she's never stopped learning and never stopped teaching. What a woman she is. But uh, give us a little brief rundown on that picture, my friend. Yeah, she actually did a – she did a story for us for uh, stars and strikes. She told me she was going down there and, and uh, she, she met up with John and they got to got together and, and she got the whole, uh, you know, um, uh, Royal tour of, uh, of Kaggle from, from John Davis himself. And, and she took some great photos and, and became um, very good friends with everybody down there. And, and uh, it was a, it was a terrific uh, visit for her. And of course, you know, I was there a few times after that, but uh, she uh, really enjoyed that. And I know John Davis enjoyed seeing her enthusiasm for coaching because, you know, nobody that I know of uh, has ever been uh, more enthusiastic about and excited about being a coach than Susie Minshew. Yeah, she's wonderful. I stay in touch with her and she is so busy she travels all along the Southwest down there, Louisiana, everywhere, giving lessons, passing along knowledge. She's written a few books. Uh, she's just wonderful. What a 
what a lot of knowledge she has. And I got so much respect for her. If she doesn't know something, she'll call up somebody that does, and then she'll pass that along. She, she's not afraid to ask questions. Uh, what a yeah, she, she actually uh, asked me to edit her her uh, her books that she wrote, and I, I enjoyed doing that. So I got to I got to read them before anybody did, and and um, I had the honor of being the editor of those books that she published. Wow, I never knew that part. So that's good to know. All right, here's another one. Uh, this one uh, it's kind of ironic. It's a man holding an eagle, and he's with Dale Eagle. And it's mm -hmm. the great Mark Roth. Yeah, yeah, Mark. And when we, when we, uh, Steve Sanders did the uh, Generations Pro Bowlers Tour, two thousand six and seven, the very first tournament. Uh, you couldn't have written a, a better Hollywood script for it. Mark Roth was the the first champion in the uh, Generations Bowling Tour, and Dale Eagle finished second. And, and uh, of course, Mark's lovely wife Denise was there, and. And I got a great picture of, of her kissing Mark to congratulate him. And they had that beautiful Eagle trophy. And then, uh, and then we got uh, some pictures of, of Dale and, and, you know, crazy, crazy Dale Eagle and, uh, and Mark clowning around with the, with the trophy and with each other. Uh, Dale couldn't have been happier that Mark, you know, he lost the tournament, but you, you would never know it because uh, he was so happy that, that Mark won, won that title. Yeah, it's not a shame to be getting beat by Mark, that's for sure. <laughs> no, that was Mark's 30, 35th uh, professional title was and you know, you know, and you don't ever see that anywhere because there's no there's no record books for it and the PBA doesn't recognize the GBT titles. So but it, that was his thirty-fifth pro title in uh in that event in Bay City, Michigan. Yep. All right. Uh, you know, before the PBA there were a lot of really good bowlers. And you have highlighted one. I didn't know that you were good friends with this man, but I heard nothing but good things about him. He's, he's a little known, but he was tough. Tony Lindemann. Tell us about Tony. Yeah, Tony. Uh, I ran out. I was having lunch one day with um, Tom Kouros at a, a cafe at one of the, during one of the uh, conventions and, and um, in walked, uh, a guy that, and sat down with us and it was Tony Lindemann and, and uh, he wanted to talk about Dallas because Tony bowled on the, the Dallas Broncos team in the national bowling league in 1960. And so he loved Dallas when he was here. And uh, we had a, we had a, about a three hour lunch together. And, uh, and a few minutes later after Tony came in and we just talked about him a few minutes ago, Don Johnson walked in. And so the four of us sat there and that was a, that was an amazing day where I got to sit with Tom Coros and Don Johnson and uh, Tony Lindemann. And we, uh, we pretty much solved all the world's bowling problems that day. <laughs> all right. Um, you know, we could go on and on and on. I want to, but uh, I don't want to uh, short anybody because I've got a list here, a few more names, uh, this one here is an all-time classic. It's Don Carter and Dick Weber uh, messing around, having fun with a couple of Las Vegas gals. So remember <laughs> that shot? Yeah, yeah. They there were some, uh, you know, they were both there at Bowl Expo together, and there were some showgirls available. So we uh, 
we uh we got the showgirls to pose with uh don and dick and i said what a thrill it was for those girls to meet those two legends in bowling and so uh, and they they had a good time and 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 i you know it's not very often that you got to you got to uh spend time with and and see you know dick weber and don carter together uh and they um they thoroughly enjoyed themselves that day and and a couple other times that we were together so it's it's a it was an amazing day you know jim i want to say this while i got you on the phone here uh you know you got a wonderful wife cj uh she backs you a thousand percent and i've never seen two people love so much each other for so long but uh you know also i want to mention juanita weber uh, she was behind Dick for all those years, and she's recently passed away, and, and we miss her. And I'd be reluctant to mention uh, Paula Carter. She she was with Don. She loved him. She still loves him to this day. And all she ever does is talk about you, Jim. So whatever you've <laughs> done for Paula over the years, it's been a wonderful relationship. Yeah, well, that's great. You know, CJ and I, are we're going to celebrate our 53rd anniversary in April. Wow, fifty-three, yeah, fifty-three wow. years, bro. It's a, it's amazing. I can't, I can't believe it's been that long, but it sure has gone by quickly. <laughs> All right, well, you know, I, I've got one more here, and, and I don't want to say it because that that'll end the show. But uh, let me get a couple of things out of the way. You know, the old clock and all does tell me we're running out of time, and you know, I hate to run out of time when we're talking about all these all-time greats, but. Here's a common denominator uh, with all of them. And uh, just like the opening uh, song was Toby Keith, he's recently passed away. And all these people we talked about pretty much today have passed away. And, and we miss them. And we're never going to forget them. And that's one of the good things about this show is we can go back into the history. And especially with you keeping all these pictures, hey, just say it one more time so our listeners can hear it. What do you say about a picture? Yeah, that's I have uh, every one of them has a story, and uh, exactly. and that's that's true with uh, with photographs. There, people love to look at them and, and remember all of the all of the uh, stories behind them. Well, speaking of stories, there's a man that has probably or used to have as many stories as you, but you've picked up his tradition. He was known as the historian of the PBA, uh, you couldn't get anything by him. And he's gone and he helped a lot of people writing their speeches and this and that. But uh, give us a little bit of thing about Chuck Pisano, if you don't mind. Yeah, I called, um, I always called Chuck the Dean of Bowling Writers because he, he published more articles than anyone in bowling history, I think. And he was a charter member of the PBA, a really, really nice man. He had, he had a virtual bowling museum in his basement up in New Jersey, you know, where all of the, the things that he'd uh, collected from, from bowling over the years. And he worked on the television show. He worked in television. He worked, uh, you know, he worked for a newspaper. He, he published magazine articles. He, you know, he was, uh, he was just the man when it comes to bowling media and he set the standard and, and uh, everybody loved and respected him and, uh, and we miss him a lot. We sure do. Um, 
I don't, I can't count the amount of times I called him for advice over the years, always willing to give it. And he had a couple of good sons too, that I'll never forget talking to them. They're all good bowlers. Chuck was a good bowler himself back in the day. Yeah. He shot an 800 when they were very rare. Yeah, for sure. Well, parts, you know, Phantom fans, that's going to wrap up another show for this week. And the good thing about this show is we can do it again and again and again. And we've been doing this off and on now, me and Jim for over a year, uh, highlighting some of the pictures that he's got. And uh, just look up his name on Facebook, Jim Goodwin, and you can see a whole bunch of pictures who we've never had a chance to get to yet. But I want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling Products and Brad Edelman uh, from the High Roller. And also my good friend, Dave Kowalski, who helped us get this junior program started. And once more, uh, a mention of Toby uh, Keith, who started out our show, and uh, he passed away. We're going to miss him. He had over 20 number one hits in his, in his life, and he had a lot of influential songs that uh, got right to your heart. And this last one was he, he met Clint Eastwood about five years ago, and he couldn't believe what kind of good shape Clint Eastwood was in. He says, how old are you? You're about 80. He goes, how do you stay in good shape? He says, well, he says, I wake up in the morning, I go outside, I take a big deep breath, and I sing a little song to myself. And uh, Toby says, well, what's the name of the song? He goes, well, it's not really a song, it's just what I say. Well, after he heard this, he, he wrote a song about it, and the song is called Don't Let the Old Man In. So, yeah, Toby was 62, I think. It was about the, about the same age as when we lost John Davis. Yeah, for sure. Too soon. But anyway, yes, way too soon. So enjoy the ending, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Uh, for Phantom Radio, God bless Toby Keith. This is the Phantom. Try to love on you. Stay close to your friends Toast each sundown with wine